welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 150 of Peace Talk. This is the Peace Dealer, and I have a very super awesome guest with me today. Um, for those of you who might have seen the recent interview we did together, uh, you will already be familiar. But for those of you who aren't, I would like to introduce you to our awesome guest, Chance, how you doing, bro? Hey, dude, I've been so looking forward to hanging again. We had a blast the last time, and now it's on your house, your terms. Right. So I'm just looking forward to connecting with the community. You got the most totally fire live chats. <laughs> I love to lurk in them. Word. I, I mean, they're they're really awesome. Hold on. Let me. There we go. Yeah, they're really dope. Uh, oh, wow. That actually saved. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm really grateful. Shout out to everyone in the live chat actually right now. Uh, that's super dope. And honestly, I'm loving your background. It looks super badass. Oh, yeah. This is the cosmic egg. Oh, I didn't even see that. I saw alternative looking... cosmology. What's <laughs> yeah, the one right next to the cosmic egg? They're both by the same artist. There's a friend of mine named Hakan. He's from Turkey. And He's been on my show a couple of times. He tells the craziest DMT stories, if you couldn't guess, based on his art. Right, right, right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's like he does this. He has this art series that these are pulled from. I think he calls it like xenolinguistics, basically going into DMT hyperspace and trying to transcribe the weird language and symbols that he sees there and put it into artwork and I guess figure out what it means. I don't know, but it's awesome looking. And what's so you have the cosmic egg and what's the one next to it? Like, how would you how would you call it? I don't know what that one's called. It is some kind of cool triangle thing. It's like a Trinity vibe. You know, it's a lot of different representations of Trinity. That's sort of how I see it, which I'm all about, because if we're going to transcend the duality thing that everybody's stuck on in the it's either good or evil or true or false, we need to right. live in the line of the yin yang like we're the line between the white and the black we're not the white or the black that's the third thing the mercury you get it you're gemini right like the the good and the bad and the bad and the good yeah going for the four elements instead of uh everything being black and white that's what's up that's what's up and oh i see i see that's awesome and um you know uh by the way i was just updating the links uh, I usually mention this later, but uh, for those of you who are interested in uh, the interview that we did, I'll mention later, the link is in the description box below. Shout out to Rhea. Uh, how, Mikey, how's your tolerance break going? I'm not going to lie. Been, uh, I smoked yesterday. It's been <laughs> I went like two days without it and then I came back off, but... I'm going to restart this week. So I've been doing the same thing, man, uh, taking a lot of tolerance breaks, but not with like a rigid, I can't have it. If it feels right, right then, then I go for it. But it's just changing up from the old way, which was all day, all night, and to uh, some breathing room. Because the funny thing is, it feels good. It's like the head change is what we were after before. And once you get into tolerance break, when you were full time for so long, the top, like the break is the head change. And that yeah, that's good. real. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. And and I can't wait. Like, um, 
that's what I'm looking forward to. Like just, just, just that head change, getting out my system. And then I plan to like do it again, maybe twice a, twice a month during the full new moon, get some shrooms and uh, just make it more ceremonious, set my intentions and then go on uh, my day. So yeah, you go way further. Yeah. Um, someone said this guy was on Unslaved. What's that about? So have you heard of Michael Tesserion? Okay, yes. You know what? I've I've heard of him. I've heard the name. Right, right, right. He's an old school author, researcher, very much the OG of the conspiracy universe. He wrote, oh. came out of the gate like in the 90s with a book about Atlantis so and ancient alien manipulate like manipulation of our genetics, that whole chestnut. <laughs> His show is called Unslaved and He's very, very deep on the tarot and the zodiac. And actually, when I our episode we did together, you I mentioned him on our interview. Yeah, yeah. So he's where I picked up the idea, at least in terminology, of the inner zodiac, which is really what it's all about in the first place. And we talked about that in that interview. It is so good. And um, I'm the all-time reigning champion of most appearances on Unslaved. I don't know how that happened, but we have some great. That's content awesome. on there it's all paywall but it's super worth your six bucks a month because oh yeah they don't even fuck with the censored channels they're just like you can come to our house or we don't care we don't need you which is gangster that's not easy to do in this day and age like to, to have that digital real estate uh and own that that's that's the next step so shout out to michael sarion and, and paypal uh, just deplatformed them and so they're doing what? a new payment system yeah paypal destroyed their entire membership base and they had to like get everyone to resub through a different thing because, uh, you know, too much thought crime. I didn't even know PayPal was on that wave. I didn't. I oh, didn't dude, look, think about the word PayPal. It's the papal, PayPal, Vatican. It's all coming from the same weird fish hack guy didn't, trying to hold on to the age of Pisces too long. Didn't Elon Musk make that? Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> oh, that's that's crazy though. Like I didn't. And Peter Thiel. And Peter, Thiel, okay, I, that thanks for the heads up because I thought I was safe with PayPal. Like Stripe uh, took down my services because they said they don't do. We're not. You're, they, a lot of these banks don't really mess with like risky businesses, and they consider horoscopes and and stuff like that as a part of it or pseudoscience. So uh, it really sucks. But PayPal, thankfully, has stayed, you know, true. But. I mean, I didn't know. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make be careful about that because I didn't even think that that was even possible, uh, you know, for for that to happen. So it's hard out there for a pimp these days. Straight up, yeah, just to tell the truth. What are the like thought crimes? Jesus Christ! I remember Fonte Fontiga from Little Brother said a long time ago, you know, and a long time ago, probably like in the early 2000s, he he spit a rhyme that was like, "Pretty soon, your own thoughts will be contraband." You know what I mean? So um, it's it's more true than ever. I, it's something that really rung true to me as far as like how controversial a lot of everything that's going on is. Other I think that's part of the trap, though, yo, because we have this we have this obvious red pill, blue pill thing being shoved in our face, and like whatever side you fall on, you're being you're given all the opportunity in the world to feel like you're the good guy and they're the bad guys. And so the conflict of this polarization is just really baked in. Like they suck. They're, they're ruining the world, you know, but 
all that does is bring you into a lower energy state, this combative conflict energy state. I'm not saying we shouldn't speak the truth, especially to power and uh, to about what these false authorities are pushing on us. However, as soon as it's like good guys, bad guys, and we're fighting about it, we already lose because the only thing that's real is your energy. The whole universe is energy and vibration. The external world is just a con just some sort of configuration based on the vibe that you're doing. And so as soon as you're in the, I'm at war with the blue pill zombies or whatever, you're already losing, you're literally creating that timeline to continue down for yourself. And there's gonna be, we're, it's an infinite universe. So like whatever timeline you wanna be on, you can be on that timeline and other people can be on other timelines. It's your timeline. You're the center of your universal mandala. But if you want to do something other than this like petty, they're the bad guys, they're ruining the world, this is why my life sucks thing, and just wanna vibe and enjoy life and actually have fun, it's totally an option. You can you can have fun and still care about the truth and still speak the truth without it needing to be a fight with anybody. Like they can come to you for it or they could do their own thing, but you don't need to beat people over the head that literally would rather live in an illusion anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I, I like to see that kind of divisiveness is like taking your right hand and chopping off your left hand um, because we're all one body, you know, and uh you know, this is kind of interesting to touch upon, uh, I think, what was said before. Someone said, why shrooms are DMT? We are naturally ascended beings. Um, it's a no for me. Do you understand the assignment? And I can only assume that people who think like that have never taken shrooms or DMT because the greatest, like in all of my nine, 10 years of, uh, you know, spiritual development and, and a small stint of drug experimentation, I would say the most, without making this too much about drugs, the most significant life-changing and behavioral cognitive therapy that I've gotten came from mushrooms, came from DMT. Um, and these substances even taught me not to look at drugs as recreational, but more medicinal. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of, uh, I think these, these substances get like a bad rap um, in the way they're perceived, but like anyone who would say that has never taken mushrooms because mushrooms in and of itself is one of the most profound psychedelics that, I mean, I remember walking out of a trip where I uh, healed from 10 years worth of trauma in one session. Like I was able to understand it. It was, it was never, ever, ever, you know, seen it, but like with anything, you know, moderation is key. You can abuse anything. You can abuse any drug. So yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Harris. I just want to say if it's a no for you, that's cool. Like, right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you maybe you're Aquarius and you're just already an alien and you didn't need to uh, open up those doors because you came in with the windows open. <laughs> I know some Pisces moons or some Scorpios, they take shrooms. They don't even feel anything. Like they'll take grams and grams and it's like, it doesn't hit them like that. So I mean, I get that as far as like, because some for some people like the psychedelics isn't really for them. But I just wanted to address that because I feel like there's a, a huge uh, misconception around psychedelics is like party drugs and stuff like that. There we go. See, she's a Pisces son. There it is. Yeah. I noticed that a lot with Pisces uh, and water sign, but mainly Pisces, like even though it was a Pisces that kind of brought me into shrimps because there are Pisces who do that, too. But um 
especially as a Taurus moon, they're already at that level. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, my gang's main Pisces <laughs> is always the one like corrupting me into like, try this. <laughs> oh, yeah, straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have our Pisces friend that enables us to <laughs> do awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but he's all he's so loved though, you know. Shout out to Bunky. Anyway, uh really the thing about the shroomies is like they make a great break glass in case of emergency thing for when the world gets into this crazy rigidity and dogma and poisoned worldview where it's also limited. Like and also for people that are mega scared of death, which is a huge psyop, you can heal that massively by getting out out of the box experiences with plant medicines i wouldn't just go crazy with it but they suggest their own disuse if you're being honest like well one experience can give you years to integrate and dmt is one substance that i've never same with shrooms like it's it's really hard to develop an addictive personality with it DMT alone, like I won't touch, like, like I have a respect for that. Like I won't, it's not like marijuana where I'll, I'll develop like a habit or something like that. Like I have to be in the right place because like, that'll make you feel like you're dying. And it really changes the way you look at that. It doesn't make you feel like you're dying, but it gives you this ego death experience that is so profound. And it really helps you question a lot of what's around you. I, I'm really grateful for it. It's not something like that's the one of the substances that I'll be like, well, hold on, let me chill off of that. I'm not just going to like do that because like it's it's so intense, but it really it is weird because it actually can interact with you outside of you taking it. Yeah, that too. That makes sense. Like uh, I have this relationship with it. I've done it maybe like 10 times in my life and the same with, so I'm same as you. I'm not like trying to go there just for fun. Right. <laughs> it was like, okay, what is this? I need to map the whole unconscious regions of hyperspace and figure out at least like a bigger a bigger slice of what all this life vibration is and it was worth it for that but then one of the last times i went something there was like okay don't come back here anymore but we're gonna make sure that you always have some so that if somebody you know wants to go you can take them and i'm like okay whatever that means and then since then if i ever don't have it i find it on the ground Someone wow. gives it to me. I swear I've ground scored it like three times. It's so weird. So anyway, that's I'm a not crazy thing. Don't ask me for it though. You have to be like my personal friend. <laughs> that's a crazy thing to find on the ground three times though. Like, holy shit. That, that's how you know it was meant to find you. Like, there's no other way. Yeah, there's it's true. No other way. And shout out to Sanchia Divine. I didn't eat first, so we got really nauseous. I also didn't trip at all. I just laughed a little. Um, that kind of happened to me too. Like my friend like we had a pipe uh like a glass pipe a vape pipe where we can like hit it just get the, the fumes and my friend told me uh you could totally get hooked on peak experiences my friend told me don't hit don't do this by yourself because we're going to do this in ceremony so that we can all do it together but i didn't listen to him i took like a small little small little 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 piece and i put it in a bowl of weed and i had the most profound dmt chip. it wasn't even that profound i didn't like break through but like I visibly broke the boundary between hearing essences, not like schizophrenically, but like literally sensing energy and essences outside of me while still being physical. And like, it's almost as if I got to be aware of my own subconscious response to the experience. And I could literally feel at some point I got like 
the inner child of me got scared and I could literally hear angels be like, oh, it's okay. And I could feel a cool mist. But my ego was like, I'm not scared. No, I don't need this. And it was it was interesting, too, because then the next day I go to ceremony and we actually do it the right way. And I'm hitting a substantial amount more. But I didn't feel it. I didn't really I didn't really uh, feel it like that at all um, versus, you know, recently where I just hit it from the, the pens and it's a more concentrated dose. But I haven't done that in like uh, more than like half a year uh, just because I feel like. I feel like DMT really helped me move on from drug experimentation, period, because before... You can't go farther than that. <laughs> seriously, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. And and before, you know, the whole thing, for it's like blowing your mind. But um, before experimentation for drugs was like my, my question and answer to seek God, to like find the truth through these experiences. And I felt like psychedelics were supposed to just like you know, get you, you know, have you see visions and stuff. And then you, you come into insights and that's what really helped mature ayahuasca. And that really helped me mature more. Okay. No, this is more a medicine. Like you have to respect this. You don't just, you don't just do it just to do it. Like it really now, uh, it really helped me take it more purposefully. So this is, well, this is why once again, I, I just kind of keep it to new and full moons, set my intentions, move forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to address the Jenny B comment too. I asked the kaleidoscope man once, why can't the normie see? And he replied, well, why do you need mushrooms to see? When I talked to the kaleidoscope man, he said, go with the flow. I was like, what do I do? And it was like, go with the flow. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Was, so who's the kaleidoscope man? Yeah, I think who some is of the us have seen, seen that. The guy, the, the the being, like maybe that's the God experience is seeing this so, sort of, to me, the kaleidoscope man was a silhouette of a being that was in the middle of this infinite fractal rainbow mandala. And that was on a DMT experience that I saw that. Another thing, since we're on the subject, you talked about hearing the essences of people around. One time I was uh, I was camping and everyone was in their tents asleep and I did it. And I saw their dreams popping out of the tent like thought bubbles in a comic book. Wow. It was so weird. And then the weirdest thing, this was at like a, a large camping event, like a festival. And I was sitting there. We were walled, we had a walled off pop-up. So there were like tapestries walling it off. So I was like in a chamber of sorts. And while I was looking at people's thought bubbles around me, I reached under the chair and pulled this backpack out from under the chair that I'd never seen before. didn't even know it was there. And I stood up and opened the, uh, the side of the, the tapestry wall that we created and shoved the backpack out of the hole, right. As a, some stranger was popping up and saying, Hey, I left my backpack here and I was already handing it to him. It was the weirdest thing. It was like That's, I was ahead. Right. Right. And you're like literally in flow as a conduit. That's so amazing. And and once again, like I'm naturally clear audience. So in, in the essence of hearing those essences, it's not like I walked away thinking I heard real voices. I take it as like me hearing my own subconscious response. Like maybe the way I processed it was my own subconscious inner voice that that's reflecting these other vibes. So um, it's interesting. But um, what else is a good medicine is uh, I've got some cacao. I heard that's straight, really good. Just straight cacao, really heart opening. Really good. You could like replace coffee with cacao. Honestly, nice. it's energizing, but it's really grounding. Okay. How's it taste? Uh, it tastes like dark chocolate if you don't sweeten it. 
but I'd maybe add some honey or maple syrup, agave, something like that. But you can drink it straight as cacao. I mean, ceremonially, you might not add anything else to it. Uh And that's really big in the South Americas as a cacao ceremonies. And it won't make it might make you like trip on love, but you won't trip in a visual sense. But it definitely can, especially when a group of people all do it together and their heart energy opens up that sort of network of bubble space that you can get into where everybody's more connected to each other's energy can get really powerful. That's beautiful. And I was going to ask earlier, for those who aren't aware, what is your sun, moon and rising? Oh, good call. Aries sun, Leo rising, Libra moon. Libra moon. Nice. Okay. So how do you, how are you enjoying this uh, lunar return? Oh man, Libra season was gnarly in a good way. Scorpio season became very spicy, very hot, (laughs) came on instantly. Uh, But what was cool about the Libra season this time around was that, so my, obviously you look at Aries and Libra, if the moon was in Libra when I was born, then it was a full moon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So on this particular Libra season, the full moon was in Aries during Libra sun. And it's my 33rd year of life. I mean, I'm 32, but I'm completing the 33rd year. It was a huge, like, honestly, it felt like an old book was closing and I'm opening a new book on my life. The new book is my anime transformation, (laughs) my superhero transformation. It's like you're starting a trilogy, right? It's like you finished The Hobbit and now you're stepping into the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It is like that. It is. Because leaving behind old ways of making money in the matrix that I thought I had to do to survive, walking the path of sort of synchronicity 100%, doing the healing work, trusting that the clients, the soul level clients will come and I don't need to force advertise that i can just do what i would do naturally and that's going to come to me and so far so good and uh it's nice because what i really like is how the pace of new life is where i'm not on a hamster wheel yeah i don't always feel like i'm out of time or i don't have time to do things maybe i do fewer things in the day but i'm more present and engaged with those things and more relaxed and not worried about like how am I going to get it all done? And I just do what I can that day and what feels right. It's just like this never ending flow state. Pretty strong. And and the moon's in Libra right now. So how do, how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, I feel definitely like I'm more of a go, 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 super jazzed up guy. And right now I'm feeling, especially because it's the, we're almost done with the waning. I'm feeling a lot more, on the relaxed side than I often am. Usually I'm like real bouncing off the walls, energetic. I'm feeling more chill right now, but I'm I'm learning that side of myself better. And it has to do with getting a different relationship to time. Re- like jettisoning the old conceptual versions of time and living on the rhythms, the natural versions. Like check this out. Uh, I got to make a new one for the next month, but this is what I'm doing now for uh, timekeeping where and this was the one we just are finishing and i put the moon phase and the next version is going to be more elaborate where i do some more transits in the boxes but i put the moon phase there above the gregorian calendar number so 
I've still got one foot in the matrix and their, their whole timekeeping system and one foot on the actual ground of like what's going on with the luminaries right now. But I'm leaning more on the real side than on the conceptual side because there's no such thing as Tuesday. Like I know that we all think it's Tuesday right now, but that's not actually a thing. <laughs> it's conceptual. I, I really, I really love that. I don't think that that's talked about enough because a lot of these. I mean, the Gregorian calendar is based off of a <coughs> early AD conception, and we're still adapting systems that were used hundreds of years ago. Now. They've been updated, and to be fair, a lot of the calendrical system is based off of, you know, the 360-degree the ecliptic path of the sun and how it breaks down into 12 different seasons, 12 months. So there is science to it, but I agree with you. I've always felt that, like, this today isn't Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like, we just call it that. And so, you know, we literally live in this system, and um, – it's not a bad thing. It organizes it, but when do we acknowledge that we've outgrown the system? And I think that, you know, that's a really great question you asked. Really quick, though, um, Sanchia did ask, where can we purchase cacao anywhere? Can we purchase cacao anywhere? I mean, I'd say go for it. I've heard people say you want to get ceremonial grade cacao. Oh, okay. And that sounds good, but it's expensive. I just get I've bought ceremonial grade cacao and it'll come in like a brick and you got to shave off a chunk and then like powder it yourself. And that's really good. It's really good. And maybe that's the way to go if you want to turn it into a group ceremony. vibe, a group ceremony. Yeah. But I also think that it is what it is, as you would say. And if you just bought some organic, pure cacao that's powdered, that's probably not so bad, especially if you like, do what my buddy Gordy in the chat would do, sing to it or bless it, do something to clear the energy of the whole commerce of how it got to you. Because yeah, it's when you buy it at the grocery store, you're coming from a supply chain, profit motive, corporations, all that. And if you're buying, like that's the advantage of buying ceremonial grade direct from a source where they grew it there and they did whatever their process was and you got it straight from them. And that's good. But so like, there's like bad, best, better, and okay <laughs> and the best would probably be ceremonial grade where you find that connection you might have to like do some internet sleuthing i don't have a link for you but a good option would still be to just get the organic raw cacao at the grocery store that's fine too and uh, go from there it's easy to prepare i like to use oat milk because i'm not able to do dairy and just warm up the oat milk on a pan stir in some cacao and some honey it's delicious. It's like the hot chocolate that your mom made you as a kid, but without poison. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to try that. Um, if you can like email me the recipe once again, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and do you happen to know your human design? Yeah. It's, I'm a five, one manifesting generator. Hey, let's get it. And I, I like that. I noticed a lot of fire signs are, are in Leo, especially as generating generators. Um, Someone said being new to psych. Oh, Sanchez said being new to psychedelics. What's the recommended amount to take in your recommendation, please? Oh man, I can't give you that advice, but I'll just say if it was me, I'd go, I would do a little bit at a time and give that plenty of time. And then maybe try more if that didn't seem like you went as far as you wanted to go. But we're all super different. I think a lot of it depends on how much inner light 
are you already containing? Like how well sealed is your auric bubble? Are you leaking a bunch of light all over the place? In which case, whenever you do something that opens up your centers and you start blasting light out the chakras, you could do a lot more of it because it's like uh, you're inflating an air mattress, but there's holes in it. So as fast as you're inflating it, it's kind of staying where it is versus if you have a really good air mattress and you put too much in there, this shit might pop. Right. So depends on you and how the integrity of your aura or your electrical field is, how strong these things are going to affect you, in my opinion, in my opinion. And so generally, like how healed are you? How healthy are you? That's going to be an indicator of how sensitive to these things you'll be. And maybe even indicator of how whether you really even need the experience because the healthier and more whole you are the more you're going to have that type of natural psychedelic lifestyle because the word even just means to make the mind clear right psychedelic so uh you know it's it's to each their own but i recommend dipping your toes in the pool rather than diving straight into the deep end like that bubblegum douche. What up, bubblegum douche? Woo-hoo. One of my people. Okay. <laughs> awesome screen name. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but I mean, depending on what the substance is, even if you dive straight into the deep end of the pool and it's like, whoa, too much, too fast, you're going to be okay. That's awesome. And I, I've been wanting to say I really love your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> One of the greatest cartoons of all time, right? It's so bittersweet, man. I I feel like that and Harry Potter, I never I I missed out on my childhood. I feel like if I got to watch Avatar, I it would have it it would have been just what I needed personally. I feel like that's one series I never got to watch because um, I didn't even know it existed until like after the fact, which is just crazy. But yeah, I, was, I didn't. I watched Avatar as an adult for the first time, and I was like still so into it. Yeah. I like what Gordy just said, though. Shout out to my bro, Gordy. He says fasting and meditating is a psychedelic jam. That's true. This homie didn't even try weed till he was like 50. Ooh, dude, he's healthy, sweet. dude. He's so healthy. He's like, he's a beast master. All the animals just congregate to him and speak to him. This guy is legit. You should hear his story about the about owls that he's uh, friends with, the whole family of owls. And owls are predators. Like, they don't play. No. <laughs> they accepted him, though. Yeah. What he said there is really is really key because I am not promoting anybody to go do psychedelics. I'm also not telling you not to do it. Right, exactly. Um, which I, it's crazy how that happened. I just kind of mentioned it, but um, it always comes up with me on sh- when I'm a guest. It's like pretty common topic. I think people see my artwork and they're like, "So, <laughs> <laughs> have you?" Uh, <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." No, that's that's wild. Uh, personally. Um, you know, the, I I don't meditate enough. I can meditate more, but fasting, that's the real, that's the real shit right there. But like, like screw any other psychedelic fasting alone will take you there. And that's something that uh, I personally want to moving forward, replace my bad habits with fasting and meditation. Um, actually gonna put, I've been, I, I've been un- inadvertently intermittently fasting for the past two years, but in the wrong way, because I would get high as hell in the night, binge eat my only meal because when I'm, when I don't get high, I don't have an appetite. Cause I guess, uh, I've smoked so much. I screwed my appetite up. 
So I won't eat in the morning. I won't eat lunch. And then I'll get high. And I only have that one meal at night. So it's kind of like intermittent fasting. But it's, you're not supposed to eat that late. And it's not truly like that. But, you know, uh, Jay Zilla said, how long of a fast, though? I really do want to push uh, that. You know, I want to start with maybe 12-hour fast. Maybe uh, go a little bit more to, like, a whole day fast. Because I feel like that. Yeah, weed is not your friend when you're fasting. I feel like <laughs> that much is. I've done it. I've done it. It is I've possible. done long-term fast with weed. You could do it. But what I would say That's is wild. I was doing like uh, apple juice, grape juice, pineapple, like juices and vegetable oh. broth. So oh, you nice. also, um, I recommend, so now that I'm already, now that I'm going on this, Great. with fasting, what people probably really need is the full-on cleansing protocol because right. your organs i mean all your organs are the part of you representing in the body the archetypes that we're dealing with when we discuss the 12 they're all connected in there it's the same it's like a different part part of the fractal and so each of the houses each of the signs there are lens that you see you perceive reality through these lenses right and depending on how you have the lenses layered and stacked that gives you your unique perspective. But what if some of those lenses are all gunked up and shit? Because their lenses are also filters in the same sense. They're filtering the light of source as it comes to your consciousness. Right. And just like the filters in your house, or your car, if you've never cleaned it, then whatever it caught is still there. So one of the biggest things that helped me early on to like get into a spiritual lifestyle spiritual as in just not falling back into sleep be uh unawareness and continuing to move forward and expand was to do a colon cleanse to start out a colon cleanse is the crucial first of all you don't even know what kind of like when i did it you just answered my question by the way because i was i, I was thinking seriously for the first time about doing a cleanse i just don't know where to start i don't know what kind of cleanse to do i don't know what to do so now i know i'm gonna do the colon cleanse first Start with the colon cleanse because it helps to do it in the proper order. Because when you cleanse, you're flushing things through your system and you want it to go, you know, in the right order. You don't want to over-toxify the liver with stuff from the kidneys or whatever. And I'm not the expert on that, but I know it's safe to start with the colon. And what I did involved, like, it's called benzonite clay, which is these, these little pills you take, but then in your system, whenever they hit the water as the, the casing decayed it expands in your gut and so it like scrubs through your intestines and pushes against the walls and all kinds of weird plaque will come out and even though you're not eating any solid food you'll keep passing stuff and passing stuff for the whole seven or nine days and that's you making room in your intestines <laughs> and also it's going to change the way you digest food it's going to clear out parasitic bacterias it's going to reset your gut biome, especially you want to take like probiotics after this process. But I'm not even kidding you. The first time I did a colon cleanse, I saw old pills come out in the toilet, like stuff that was just lodged in the plaque in my intestines for God knows how long. And when I was at the last day of the first colon cleanse I ever did, I laid down to like just meditate or take a nap or something in the middle of the day. And I had a straight up out of body experience. I came out of my body consciously and floated around my house and could see myself. Wow. All of that was like the, way more psychedelic than 
then uh, because you're you're all there during it, you're not like disoriented from a substance, but you're still having this crazy trippy experience. And I'm not saying you'll have that experience, people out there, but I did just from doing a colon cleanse. That's and so yeah, it changes your relationship to food in the process. Wow. Like if you wanted to switch to a different way of eating, for me, I switched from standard American diet to vegetarian life. And at first it was like not a good transition. I wasn't digesting things well. It was coming out weird. And after I did the cleanse and reset my gut biome and then took some probiotics, then all of a sudden I could digest the vegetarian stuff really well and changes the way that your body absorbs the nutrients too, because your intestines not being all gunked up and the walls coated with plaque means that they can absorb what they need to absorb properly. So yeah. it's like huge, it's huge colon cleanse. I'll, I'll find, I'll dig up a link to one that I like and uh, a couple options that I like just for everybody here in the chat. I, I looked up the colon cleanse and I, I've always seen this one ad about toxic poop. I didn't know that was a colon cleanse they were offering. Yeah, everybody email Mike the pictures of what comes out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay, so um, other than that, nice. All right. Um, yeah, so what inspired you to create the Innerverse podcast? Oh, that's a good question. How did you step into this facet of your journey? Uh, it was from having really great mind-expanding conversations with friends and thinking, I would like to share that with more people. I feel like what we just talked about and figured out could benefit someone who heard it instead of it just sort of vanishing into the memory of me and whoever it was that I talked to. And the original purpose of the whole thing was to inspire myself and anyone listening about how to, about the whole process of going from normie life to making it on whatever your soul's reason for incarnating is. So I started out really just talking to artists and painters and musicians and people that were doing something radically just them. And it expanded as I went because I kept falling into deeper and wider rabbit holes in metaphysics and in the occult and in conspiracy. I guess my show is conspirituality. So I kind of balance the two sides of the light and the dark and shine light on the, the fucked up stuff, but also like only if there's a context of how we can be the solution to it or disconnect from whatever the conspiracy thing is in our own life. I'm not there just to like give you a poisoned doom porn worldview. I'm all about worldview healing. So it's cool for me to be on the new book where I'm for real all the way to supporting myself just on my path, like my reason for existing, my original incarnation, my ace of wands, if you will. Like right. I'm really on the ace of wands. I finally got there. And so that I think is why the show is hitting a next level and kind of like I'm getting out there way more than ever before because I've fulfilled the first promise of why that I promised myself of why I was doing it which was to talk to enough people to figure out exactly how they are doing that and me do it. And it took me a while. <laughs> I really drug my feet and kind of tried to make the transition slow and smooth and it worked for me, but now I'm at that point. And so 
I'm going to continue with the goal of inspiring other people to stay in the flow state of perpetual synchronicity and demonstrate that it's actually doable to live up to the stuff I've been saying a lot lately, which is like, you can actually live life from a standpoint of if it's not hell yes, it's hell no. You can actually have fun with everything you're doing. <laughs> Believe it or not, like a lot of this poison worldview has to do with making you think that life has to suck most of the time for you to succeed at it. And right. that's just really not true. Hey, shout out Slick Dissident. His his YouTube channel is really delicious, synchromistic uh, decodes. Like one of the series he did early on was the 22 Marvel movies, the original ones leading up to the Avengers Endgame. He put each of them in context of one of the major arcana. And no, like, he didn't. And he Get proved it. Here. He proved it. No, we way. actually went on. Me and him went on Unslaved to do that talk with was the Infinity War the world card. Which one was the world card, Gabe? What that was? Dude, uh, you're a genius, slick dissident. That is amazing. So Iron Man was what the magician. Iron Man, I know, was uh, definitely Hermit and Hierophant. Like, there's three Iron Man movies, so he got three cards, right? Wow. But yeah, we should, oh, bro, Gabe, you need to make a playlist of all the ones that are the Avengers specific ones so that that's right on your channel. Just, I think. <laughs> no, that's but Slick Dissident on YouTube. Just get in there. He's got so much crazy good tarot related decodes of the reality. Like right now. recently he's been on demonstrating the, the uh, territories of the United States and showing which regions of the country correspond to which tarot card. And it's like, Wow, you can actually look at everything in the reality through the lens of these archetypes, and it'll fit if you know them. And I love how well astrology and tarot mix too. It's it's just bread and butter. And you gave me two new words that might be my favorite words. So conspirituality and uh, uh, I forgot what you, the the other one you said. It was the the spiro mysticism or something like that. Oh, synchro mysticism. Synchro mysticism. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, they call me synchro mystic. People say that about me. I'll go with that. I like that. It's like synchronistic, but synchro mystic. Yeah, right. that is what I'm about because everything is connected to everything. And that's part of the whole upgrade age of Aquarius proper is getting out of feedback loop, circular logic mentalities. Okay, because we started off not long ago. We were talking about the calendar thing and how there's no such thing as Tuesday. And People talk about the matrix and we were talking red pill, blue pill, but what is it really? What is the matrix really? It's just a program that runs in your mind. It's something that's a filter on top of your, what should be your natural filters of the archetypes. Yeah. And so when we talk about anything, artificial reality, the thing about reality is you can't actually leave it. There's no returning to nature because you can't be anything but nature. Right. Existence is all that exists. But when we put fiction overlaid onto existence, it doesn't make existence go away or reality disappear. It just makes us hide from reality. It hides, we hide from reality through the filters. So artificial realities in terms of how we experience them, they always have to do with some kind of a timekeeping component is required, some kind of artificial measure of time. And usually something in terms of a, foundational belief that requires a circular logic some kind of because i said so it was the big bang or at the beginning god created or any of these things when the larger reality needs no such alpha or omega point it is what it is it's always been 
no beginning, no end. Reality is reality. Existence exists. That's my philosophy about it. So returning to the larger reality requires recognizing where we're living through fiction. We can use fiction in the artificial as tools, but we shouldn't be used by them. And that's where that's where the dark side of the Aquarian age really comes into play because the Aquarius is freedom, but it's either freedom through taking radical responsibility and aligning with reality or freedom from freedom by giving up all your freedoms to the machine and saying, you do it for me. You think, you think about it for me. You make the decision for me. So we got like two directions that humanity is going in the direction of radical personal responsibility and alignment with truth and the direction of you tell me, daddy, I don't even need to know. You just tell me what to do. Right. I see it very strongly right now. And it's also, it's kind of an alchemical thing, this polarization that I think will lead to a synthesis where we can work with the machine we work with the AI in the right relationship, but it's all about being it, directing our life from the inner world to influence the outer world rather than the outer world directing our inner world. And that's the flip. We got to make that flip. I just flipped the switch. Flip, flip. That's a sub. Yeah. I really feel like we're definitely on the verge there. I love all this talk about the metaverse too and how, you know, we're, we're getting ready to expand technologically and virtually, uh, which, you know, is something I think we all expected to happen way sooner. But I mean, for it to happen now is, is perfect timing. Um, and once again, there's nothing wrong, bad or good about these, but new levels, new devils. It'll be interesting to see how we integrate, you know, uh, these new issues uh, that come with this. And, and it's, 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 it's so eerily haunting when I think about how when we were kids, we had the older people being like, oh, you kids are on uh, these flip phones and you're watching Cartoon Network on your televisions. And in my day, we used to go out and soon we're going to be like, in my day, we used to post memes on social media and you guys are in this whole virtual world and reality. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, interesting. Also, I'm going to post the link to the colon cleanse uh, in the description box below. So if you refresh the page in another two minutes, you're going to see it there. Okay. So yeah, that being said, um, yeah, I mean, it, what, what a time to be alive. Realistically, so much is happening at once. I feel like with this oversaturation of information, uh, we're only coming into like such a small percent of what's actually happening all at once, right? So, um, you know, so much to look forward to. Uh, but how do you feel? Where do you feel we're headed with with this closure of the cycle? Just like you said too, um, coming into this new book of yours, right? This new chapter you're getting ready to open this new book. Um, how do you feel about this transition period? Feels like a, you're getting the last piece of the puzzle. I think it has to, everything to do with communication. I think you get that as a Gemini, that it's really expressing what's inside us and getting it out is how we live from the inner directing to the outer instead of the right. other way around. And so I do work with people in the aura, like I use tuning forks 
and find find where there's dissonant energy in the aura and all that is is a compartmentalization of their energy field where they're hiding some experience or some feeling from themselves because it was too traumatic to process or whatever it's too deep below the surface and we look at all the bad actors in the world governments and militaries secret societies whatever they all work under this principle of compartmentalization even large corporations you just the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing you right. only need to know what you need to know to do your job and then so there's a few people maybe at the top of that ladder and they see what all the pieces are doing but the individual people have plausible deniability about what they're involved with because they only know a little slice of it and that actually works the same way in our energy field in our aura that we can have these blockages that hide the truth of ourself from ourself or holes in the aura is another thing that can happen and this especially from drug use is a thing right that, right and i call that the memory hole because if you're leaking thank you you're leaking a lot of light out of yourself through these swiss cheese holes in the aura then what is the light that is that's actually yourself like Part of the new model of ourself is to recognize that memory is not stored in the brain. Memory is really the one thing that differentiates you and makes you who you are as an individuated self. It's like your power is your memory. That's where your knowledge is at. It's where your wisdom is coming from. And if uh, we've got holes in our aura, we're leaking our own light. And that comes from like either punctured from the outside, vampiric energies and people that were letting eat our light. Uh, or we're what doing it. eating eating your light. I just saw someone like <sighs> trying to eat your light. That's crazy. Or being vampiric, right? Yeah, and that's what we we actually have been told that it's <laughs> leaky gut. That's a perfect example because right. life life force energy is one thing. There's one life force energy, and then it's in all it's in all life. It's in all of the cosmos and all the creation. So once we understand how life force energy operates. We can see it in action all across the fractal, the above and the below. And so it can be in our gut. It can be in our nervous system. It can be in the electrical field around our body. It can be in society mechanics. It's all the same thing. But the problem is we were raised on this whole like Messiah savior protocol, where it's like government is going to save you or the right character from the right mythology will save you. And uh, you miss the whole picture from the Bible, for example, where Christ says, all these things you can do and more, we skip that part and we just focus on like, he died for everybody. And that was what made him so good was that he let the crowd kill him. But would that be good if we all killed, let ourselves be killed by the crowd? Wouldn't we all be dead? <laughs> it's kind of what the whole cowpoke thing that's being pushed on people is about, right? Do it for everybody else. You're doing it for them. And the truth is, that that entire mentality is what I'm talking about when I say you're leaking light or you're letting other people eat your light. Uh, if you're doing, if you're altruistic in a self-sabotaging, <laughs> self-sacrificing way, then yourself is being consumed by what it is you're offering it up to as a sacrifice. Amen. Where it's hot sacrifices needing to be something that we value or cherish and it's hard to give up. But what if sacrifice was actually better as something that was bad for us? What if you sacrificed the things that you didn't need or that were slowing you down or holding you back? 
make those your sacrifice and see what happens. And so the more that we can repair our energy field, our aura, seal up the holes and quit letting other people eat our light and offer it to them just because we think that they need our help. We actually become a brighter light ourselves. If our vessel, our body vessel is in integrity, then, and we hold more and more of ourself, that becomes like a lantern. And just by being in our presence, people see where they're at and they see themselves more clearly, way more clearly than they ever would if you were just continuing to feed them your energy the way that we've been taught. So what we need is a bunch of hermits with their lantern shining truth rather than a bunch of feeling slaves to the devil. Right. I love that. And I want to speak to what you said about, you know, all these you can do and more. I think that is very not as spoken of, you know, where we hear in many excerpts. I feel like this is a verse that's not really spoken a lot of, but you will be able to do greater stuff than I did when Jesus was talking about this, him having to leave so the spirit can come. Everyone is spirit filled. Everyone has the Holy Spirit, God within them uh, for people who accept Christ. So it's like, you know, this is what we've seen, um, especially even to this day where, yeah, people may not be walking on water, but, you know, there is that potential to it. I just really love that message. There was never, ever this type of superiority where it's like, oh, I'm the only one with the great miracles. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was really the opposite. Like, yo, walking on water was only ever about the sun coming up over the ocean. And it makes the walk. It walks on water as it rises in the sense that there's a light trail that goes across the water from the sun to your perspective on the beach. So I mean, when you really get into the Bible, it's mostly astrotheology, mostly astrology. Astrotheology and allegory. Which is about teaching you who you really are and how your superpowers work. And then how your superpowers work. Oh, yeah. Fully. From the fruits of the spirit uh, to the gifts, which it's interesting. A lot of those gifts (laughs) sound like a lot of spiritual gifts you see in the community, which would, would kind of contradict a lot of how people say it comes from the devil. But other than that, um, it's it's just very amazing to see how moving into this conscious expansion, philosophy, religion, and science completely take, not even just a 180, just facelift, completely uh, you know, step into a whole new frontier. So that's really amazing. I think with our extra dimensional connection through our imagination into these extra realms, like we can bring so much wisdom, you know what I mean? And Leah just said, sometimes I don't know if I should pray to God and the earth and ancestors, or if I should also say in Jesus names as well. Sometimes I wonder, and I really love what you asked because indoctrination has with the spirit of division confused so many people. I truly believe Uh, a Muslim, a Buddhist, you know what I'm saying? A Christian, an atheist, all four of those people who treat other people the way they want to be treated, who, who sincerely, you know, express prayer. I don't think God does not listen to their prayer because it's like, well, you didn't say it in Jesus name. It doesn't matter the name you use. The Tao that can be named is not the Tao. It's It's not the name too. It's the intent. It's the intent. Right. Exactly. So you can say Jesus. I'm all all day say Jesus. I'm not telling people to throw out their religious cosmology. It's more like expand your view. Like maybe instead of true false mentality, it can be yes and or no but. 
improv yeah <laughs> and, and it's amazing because oh Jenny yeah B in the chat she's got me saying that all the time maybe the rules of improv but yeah personally and i love i love that you said that too and it's it's just amazing because a lot of this what i learned because i used to get confused too and then i realized you know what it's about action because faith without works is dead and it's like you have so many christians who call on the name of jesus all the time but when it comes time to let go of their pride and open their mind up to something they don't believe in or to actually be Christian, you know, they make up excuses when it comes time to actually help that homeless person or to actually feed the sick. You know what I mean? So, you know, these are the people who think they're going to go to heaven, but, you know, they're like, didn't I call on your name, Jesus? Didn't I cast out demons in your name? So people can play lip service and say the right thing, but their actions may not, you know, do it. And I realized that prayer is more so, I used to think prayer is really just communication and that's a part of it, but I realized it's more your actions and you pray with your actions when you're sincerely leading forth spirit-filled and Christ-filled, that's the prayer that God is going to to see. If I, if I pray to God to help me kick my addiction and then immediately after the prayer, I do everything that gets me more addicted. I didn't pray to end the addiction. But if if I don't pray to, if I don't ever say, hey, I want to get over the addiction, but I'm taking steps and actions every day to get over it, God is going to see that as a prayer. Oh, with his actions, he's praying to get over it. Let me help him. So, you know, that, that was a really huge game changer for me. And when you operate on that principle, it becomes less important about what you call these beings and more important about how you live and walk your talk. So, yeah. In the chat, it was said, um, blue flame integration, the fruits of the spirit are all a verb. Yeah. That's it. Actually, that's one of the key crucial things to getting out of artificial realities and back to the larger reality is that there's actually not just there's no such thing as Tuesday. There's no such thing as nouns. We already kind of touched on that. We're like, it doesn't matter whose name you give it because there's no person, place, or thing in nature. It's one undifferentiated flow of life force energy. So like when you see a deer out in the woods, his name is not Jeff. <laughs> it's not even a deer. It's not call, even a deer. It's, it's only useful insofar as we can all know what we're saying to each other. And exactly. then it becomes terms of art and we're all dealing with those terms and it's still useful to have that form of communication but right yeah feeling and rhythm are the true form of communication and what we're in right now as far as like maybe how we fell was getting into sound being the communication and uh and symbols being the communication those are useful but they need to represent something feeling and something mm -hmm. rhythm based if we're going to actually be hearing the music of the divine so you're a noun, or you're not a noun, you're a verb. You're a process. So you're deep. not any label. That's you, so deep. You're present progressive. You're constantly doing. You're 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 growing. It's and that's so true. Right now, you're you're living and dying right now, and which is a constant verb. That that I feel like was a, a huge game changer for me right now. You're not a noun, you're a verb. Check it out. Jehovah. The original meaning of the word Jehovah is a transitive verb. It was the self-existing life force energy uh, of all existence. It was the process of eternal existing life with no beginning or no end. That's what I am, what I am is. Eternity. 
is eternity, the no beginning, no end, which means whoever comes at you with their cosmology, which is like, this is how it began. It doesn't matter if they're telling you the big bang or they're telling you the character God said, let there be. And what's funny, God is a title. Lord is a title, right? These, these titles are used in the Bible in places where if you dig into the original language, you're like, I think they're talking about a dude because even the word God in the dictionary could mean a judge, prince, magistrate, or ruler, right? And don't get me started on Yahweh, Gordon. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Pierre Sabak. This isn't the place for that. But <laughs> but it's good to look at the, cre this, the creator, whatever you want to call it, that it's not the name. It's not a title. We're, those are just shorthand ways to know what we're talking about, just like a Taoist would call it the Tao when they're talking about the flow, whatever mm -hmm. it is that keeps everything growing and moving and changing. So that's what the eternal really is. And then, so the word pray, that's a funny word because it's like, you're asking for something. And in the old days in the courtroom, you would pray to the God because God means judge. The judge. Right. They would call the judges gods back then, like right. in, long, in the long ago. Right. And so they, like now they say you plea to the judge, but a right. prayer is a plea. So anyway, do you do you out there with prayer, but I do a morning thing every morning at an altar when I speak to the the spirit that is the creator, which is a verb, not a noun. And uh, I mostly just give thanks. I mostly just express my gratitude for all the goodness in my life that I have experienced recently that I want to experience or just send intentional energy towards like, you know, that is in gratitude, like Gordy. Who's in the chat right now? He had a brother-in-law that got into the hospital with the cooties. And he asked us <laughs> to pray for him. And we did. Yeah. And it turned out great for him. But like all I did in the prayer, quote unquote, was just thank the creator that Gordy was there to be a light in that situation and that the healing was happening. Instead of being like, please heal Gordy's bro, I was just like, thank you, creator, for Gordy being there to bring healing energy to the space. You know, so it's like affirming rather than asking That's and gratitude rather than lackitude. Lackitude. Yeah. Gratitude is key. Um, even in the, the, the way to pray, uh, the way I was taught was uh, you, you give praise first. You, you, uh, you know, repent of your sins. Then you give gratitude. Be thankful. Then you put the petition and ask. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, even in the asking, I used to be so prideful and believe like, oh, I don't really need to ask. Who am I talking to? But every time I would, it happens. And sometimes the answer is no. And and you have to like, you know, take that because timing is everything. And, and what we think we may want, we don't need. And, and that really helps you uh, kind of get back into that uh, awareness. But other than that, um, let's step into the three questions game. And we're going to take turns asking each other questions. Uh, you can ask me a question. I'll answer. I'll ask you a question. You'll answer. And then we'll go back and forth to around. So before we do that, I am going to share a quick graphic really quick.
awesome. That was super awesome. Yeah, I make graphics like that for the outro of my podcast episodes. So I like pick a song I'm into that week and then make some crazy animation. And that's how I play it out at the end. Just a way that I can make it a little more artistic and each episode unique. So that was for last uh, last night's premiere with the heathen alchemist wizard Benjamin Balderson, where we talked about the cosmic egg or the, the world tree, like the Norse myth mythology in terms of the electric universe theory. And we connected those two things and really demonstrated that actually, yeah, the sun and moon is a battery. And so are Mars and Venus. They're not on a cathode. And so is Jupiter and Saturn. And uh, it was just really good. I recommend people check that out. And there's one other, before we play the game, is it okay if I promote another piece of content that I think your your people would like? Oh, real please. quick. That's no problem. Yeah, so I saw in the chat my really good friend, Lindsay Sharman from Rogue Ways Podcast. And the first thing we ever did together was these this two-part series where I found, do you remember the game Cyberpunk 2077? Mm-hmm. It came out last year. Yeah, last year. It's just like a weird, like transhuman RPG futuristic game. And I found hidden in that game, the 22 major arcana from the tarot, Ah. but it was like in a different, like dark future twisted form. Wow. Hidden as graffiti throughout the game. Wow. And so I pulled the 22 cyberpunk tarot cards out and compared them to the original writer or the original, but just the writer, the standard that people know. And we did a two part series where we compared the uh the transhuman tarot to the regular tarot and showed how like the corruption of the technological path could take us if we let ai rule us because the cards literally tell the story of what our future archetypes will be like if we you know keep going the wrong way so there's a link here i just put in the private chat that goes to a website page that has that content and if people are into tarot they will really like those episodes on the transhuman tarot that I did with Lindsay great lesson on the major arcana, like what they actually mean card by card. And also a warning of like, uh, maybe we shouldn't jump straight into letting the machine into our body. (laughs) Which once again, like I want to just, just to clear any misconceptions, I don't think neither chance and I are against, you know, the advent of technology. Like, so I I think, I think it's amazing that technology is advanced like that, but just as, like there are ill sides don't listen to people that don't really make aware the potential for the bad side of it especially with the lack of integrity it's 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 a real thing it's a real thing yeah yeah we just we need to be the one directing it and not letting ourselves be directed by it that's all there is because we're using tech right now it's great right it's not going to go away age of aquarius is tech it's just is it spiritually aligned or not and ancestors, I think, had way better tech than we give them credit for, too. It's not, it's a part of who we are. It's an extension of our spiritual abilities. But what's key is to know that everything technological is like training wheels to something that we could do with our anime transformation superpowers if we did the work on ourselves. And it's all about the work. It is all about the work. Um, so, yeah, much, much, much appreciated. And, uh, yeah, if anything, let's let's get into round one. Yeah, let's play. Oh, oh, you start off. So I ask you any three questions. Is that the rule? Yeah, and and uh, yeah, and we'll just do. We'll take turns, uh, each and each. Okay. What's the most embarrassing thing that happened to you because you were too stoned, or that you did and no one else even saw? 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So when I first started getting high, I, I first started smoking weed when I graduated college, when I graduated high school. So it was 2008, University of Maryland. Hey, um, me too. It's about the same time for me. Word. Right. And like, I never knew what any of this, I never drank alcohol or any of that stuff before. I was really, you know, straight. And it wasn't even straight edge as much as, you know, I'm not supposed to do this. So I didn't. But freshman year of college, threw all that away, experimented. Like, that was, that was my initiation. And I remember vividly, like, you know, when you get high for the first time and you don't really get high, you're wondering if you high or not. And I just remember talking to who uh, this was one chick who uh, uh, I met from a mutual friend. And I don't remember what she said, but all I remember is I started laughing my ass off. And then I started laughing harder than I would. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm high. Like, that was my first time ever experiencing getting high. But ever since then, like, I would say the first six years since then, or 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, it would be impossible for me to smoke weed without getting uncomfortably high. Like, I, and I knew people who had bongs, and I didn't know anything about this. Like, I didn't know anything about bowls, bongs, and joints. So, like, every time I would get high, I would get too high. It wasn't until like years later that I just started to barely develop a tolerance. So, there's so many stories of that. But one that really sticks out <laughs> was, I don't even know if it was uh, specifically weed, but like I was at the House of Rock. It was this bar. <laughs> and like, I don't know what I hit, but I got so high. I was dumb high. Like people were talking to me and I swear to God, like I looked mentally ill. Like someone was trying to talk to me. I was like, uh, uh, uh. And like, it was just really awkward and cringy. But thankfully I have a Gemini mind. So I come down from that and I go immediately, which is crazy how I thought up of this in an instant. I basically come through and I'm like, hey guys, so you know how you saw me before? Actually, I'm doing this awareness in my school for people who are mentally challenged. And so, you know, I just kind of wanted to uh, portray that. And the way I delivered that, they're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I'm sure some of them were like, yeah, whatever. But like, I was just, I was just like, boom. And I didn't say it like that, but the way I said it was so convincing because it was night and day, like from the way I answered versus how I switched up and like, you know, actually came down uh, and, 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 and I got away with it like Gemini style. But that I think was, was one of the times when it was just like, wow. Um, couldn't you guys play it so well. Like I'm all my Gemini friends can, I don't know how high they are. I have no idea, but we smoke the same amount and I'm uncomfortable, but they seem cool. But I bet on the inside, it's just like, oh shit. No, and I have resting bitch face, so I'll look chill. <laughs> but like inside, I'm like, oh, it's everything just for me to like. And then I, I just, I never really like getting high with other people because I get really uncomfortable and, and, and feel like so much, but now it's a little different. I'm more. I realize it. It, it really. It revealed a lot of triggers, and and now I feel more comfortable in my own skin to do that. But I mean, Jesus, that was such a good question. I didn't uh, necessarily expect that. So my my question for you is concerning this new book you're opening, um, especially if we think of it as a trilogy. Where do you see yourself after the first book of this trilogy? Where do you see yourself uh, in like five, ten years from now? It really is the fellowship of the ring though going from the hobbit living in my hole like being yeah. all burrowed to the fellowship because uh, up. you're wrong. not wrong when you talk about guild wars we're there i mean it's the come together time 
the last two morning videos I did with Divination where I drew cards. I brought the card on top of my deck right now, both of them. Last, the last one from the 27th is Gathering Together. And this one this morning was Companionship. And it like this was, I drew this card this morning and the lovers together. It was just like, it's time to do the thing with the group. And so what I see for the next book is still doing things from like still having my home base, but having the freedom to travel a lot more to uh, be able to get ourselves into 3d space together and meet like, how cool is this? I was in South Carolina for an event and I live in Southwest Missouri and this was two weekends ago. And I met somebody there who was, uh, it was like a truth oriented conference. Like it was Flattoberfest is what it was called. And I met someone there who listened to my show and I was like, Oh cool. Uh, where are you from? And she was like St. Louis. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to be, Oh, she said, if you ever traveling through St. Louis and you need a place to crash, let me know. And I was like, I'm going to be in St. Louis next weekend and I don't have lodgings figured out. So I was going to go see my boy play uh, a set. And so just right then it aligned where this is what I'm talking about, the flow of perpetual synchronicity right. that you don't need to have the plan figured out. You just set your intentions and then you like take the step that's in front of you and then take the next step. And then when it's time for the big move that pulls it all off to appear, you'll see it when you get there, but you don't need to see it before you get there. You just described verbatim my experience moving to Vegas because when I, the reason why I came here is because I came to see the Leo King in the conference he had 2016. It was, it was amazing. Shout out to him. It was, it was super awesome conference. Once I went to Vegas, I was like, this is it. Like I have to move out here. Like I just called to me, but I didn't even know how to get there. And this was, this was where I read uh, Pam Grout, E Squared, which I will swear on that book. It, it, was, it, it was so simple how much that changed my mindset. And all, the only principle she said is, look, just make an order to the universe. Stop pussyfooting. Be like, hey, I'm giving you 48 hours to do this. And don't try and control. Just let it go. And so I did that, right? I'm, I'm going to read that book again because I, I never really finished it. I, after that first part, I got so gung-ho. But like, I'm going to read all that again. Um, I finished the first one. But I'm, I'm going to read Eat Cubed. But I was like, okay, well, I don't know because the conference tickets were like near $1,000. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to afford this. Like, I want to go. But, you know, if, if, if I can't afford it, I can't go. So I was like, you know what? Uh, universe, I want to be able to, to manifest a ticket to this. You have 48 hours. And like after, uh, I think a little less than 24 hours or a little bit after the first day, and, and her name is Pam Grout, E squared and E cubed. I think after the first day, freaking, um, I remember wilding. I was talking shit to my spirit guys like, see, this is why I don't even ever pray because like, I don't even get, I'll be talking and doing all this shit. And then I look at my phone and I felt like my spirit guys are like, shut up, peace dealer. And I look at my phone and I see a notification for a thousand dollars. And I was, it was, I, it's I, like I, that. It's like that. I had a service that I had done monthly astrologer. And that was the first time I put it out there at the time it was just a thousand dollars a month. That was the very first person to ever purchase that. And I was just like, holy shit, that's crazy. And then not only that, 
I ended up, when I mentioned that I was going to go out there, someone randomly hit me up. Shout out to her. In fact, I need to see if she's still in town. We got to, I got to hang out with her. She, she's one of the coolest people I ever met. The first person I ever met in Vegas, she hit me out like, Hey, I'm out here. Um, if you need a place to stay, let me know. You, you can stay and, and I can show you around. And I didn't have a place to stay and I was able to stay with her. But turns out she was also a Gemini with a Capricorn moon. And we had so much similarities mirroring each other. It just all felt so faded. And uh, yeah, she ended up being super cool. Um, shout out to her once again. I definitely want to reach out to her to see uh, how she's doing. Because I know she she did ask me about certain ceremonies. But other than that, um, yeah, I can definitely affirm like things just work out when when it's when it's in the flow and and then once i got there that led to the next step which organically unfolded so yeah and what i noticed is that doing sound healing sessions for people i got like there was a little bit of that anxiety at first of what how am i going to fill week to week with sessions you know my calendar is open for two weeks from now what's going to come next and what i noticed is that every time i'm in a session somebody books a session or or i get three inquiries or something happens it's like you just take the opportunity that you have and then the next one show up but universe isn't going to make it all like okay here it all is cookie cutter laid out for you it's because you're supposed to have options and not be forced into one direction anyway and so you're going to get the opportunities at the rate at which you take every you got to walk through the door into the next room before you can see where the next door is which is so magical for me because like i experienced the same thing like um i'm i don't really make a lot of money doing what i do i make just enough to make a living which was exactly what i wished to the universe i was like look i don't need to be a millionaire or or i don't need to have an extravagant lavish lifestyle i just want to be able to support what i love doing and that actually like if i knew how real that happened i kind of felt like damn i kind of wish i wished for something greater or not greater but it's not too late it's not too late right 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 right. but like it's just it's just very humbling you know um and how like it always shows up like for years i never had to worry a single day about my next bill because i'm flowing with spirit and and you know it it definitely it definitely brings so much more courage and faith but um yeah the greed okay let's talk about greed real quick i just want to say something that popped up just now before i ask you your next question oh no you should i think greed is like part of the worldview poisoning because where greed is toxic is where it's like i'm taking it from you so that i can have it or you know i it's a zero-sum game mentality where there's a lack instead of an abundance and so me win you lose but what if we're playing i win you win that's the game that I'm playing now, which means that you can actually ask for as much as what would be awesome for you to have an awesome life without it meaning other people have less. That's where I'm at with it. So greed, we've been poisoned by seeing all the greed in the world that came through the fuck, the fact that we're playing like fucking Monopoly. And uh, what we should be playing is I win, you win, in which case it's fine if I have plenty and I have abundance. Because they like that's the op- opposite of going to lead you to greedy if you are in alignment with who you truly are, which is goodness and truth. That's how I feel. So like we should not that we shouldn't look out for people that are trying to scam us or greedy and we should avoid being greedy ourselves, but realize that wanting 
to live the good life and the sweet life doesn't make you greedy. Exactly. Like universe wants you to live a good life, wants you to have all the stuff that would make your life feel complete. So I win, you win. That's the game. (laughs) Treat others the way you want to be treated. The golden rule. Yeah. That never fails. Never. 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 All right. So for you, okay. If any fictional character could be one of your spirit guides or is, who would it be? That's such a good question. Um, Because Gandalf from Lord of the Rings is literally a spirit guide for me. I want to say the Soul King from Bleach or Uruha Kisuke or Akiyama Shinji from Liar Game. I really like uh, those anime tropes. Oh, shout out to Colby. Um, <laughs> I'm scamming everyone from here on. That's amazing. Um, once again, I, I'm if you in, in anime, I really like those tropes of like the super smart guys who like don't have to do too much. Uh, like you mean you know those convoluted anime characters where it's like, oh, I can tell by the way you walked at two miles an hour that A, B, and C, and D, and it's like, how did you know that? Like those are my favorite characters. Like, like I love all that over the top stuff. So anyone who kind of fits that, and um, my favorite anime is Bleach. If it was Soul Eater, Lord Death, uh, but I'll go with the Soul King. Soul King in and of itself wasn't even really like a sentient character. Like he never said a word, but. I feel a strong resonance to uh, that character and uh, what it represents. But yeah, that was such a really good question. Um, My question for you is, what advice do you have for people who face imposter syndrome and maybe give in to negative projection and doubt around them thinking they're not good enough? That's a good question. So the answer is treading. I just pulled this from the I Ching. That's awesome. See how this guy's walking over a tightrope? Yeah. He's taking it slow. So the first simplest answer to imposter syndrome, like how to not suffer from it. Don't be fake. It's like really easy. <laughs> The number one, like the further you go into studying anything occult or metaphysical, the more harmful it becomes to be deceptive towards yourself because Mm -hmm. you start to realize that like when you start to awaken to spirit, you find out pretty quickly that there's no such thing as privacy from source. And regardless of how you look at it, no matter what you conceive of source as you are always a witness to what you're doing. So there's nothing you can get away from. There's no addiction that's safe that you can hide from the world. There's no I have chills because yeah. that, I, I felt I felt like privacy is a total illusion. Like like I I never feel alone ever. I we love needed it. that illusion for a certain phase of our development to feel like we have privacy from God or source or whatever. And it's still like good to have some privacy from the machine from the outside. But just realize that no matter what's going on, you're there. So there's no one, there's nothing that you can hide from you. That means that everything you do that's deceiving yourself is going to make your life more complicated. But check it out. Why this card is, is the answer to the question is because the elements of the card, if you look at the top, is the white over the pink. 
Mm. The white is yang. It is the spiritual attention awareness energy. It's the higher mind. It's literally like the cosmic side as opposed to the earth side, which is yin. And it's over pink, which is the joyous or lake. So lake represents the multiplicity or the infinite potential of life. And in this sense, it's the crowd. It's all the other forms of life that your awareness can rise above and see it for what it is. So that's why he's on a tightrope over a lake. What you're doing in this con- this concept of treading or conducting yourself properly, correct behavior, this is authenticity because it means that no matter what external influences are trying to tell you you are, you know exactly what you are. You're this guy on a tightrope maintaining balance between heaven and earth. You are the channel between heaven and earth. That's Beautiful. what you are. So the um, good answer to it is if you feel like you're struggling with authenticity, slow down. If you feel like you don't know who you are anymore, then try to remove as many things from your life as you can get away with removing and still live, like simplify and reduce and reduce and then layer things back in. It's just like fasting, but with behavior. And the number of the hexagram is 10. Beautiful. Yes. So it's a uh, yang over heaven or lake, joyous, not heaven, joyous is what they call it. So yeah, it's your spirit rising above the crowd or the multiplicity. But that's also a beautiful place to be because you can see the diversity and the infinity of life without being controlled by it. So yeah, I didn't, I figured if I just pulled a card on that, that would give me a, a great answer. And it did. <laughs> you know, about just the card will do it for you. <laughs> Which is amazing. Like coming into just being so fluid, it just, you can almost think about the card before it even shows too. So it's alignment. There we go. It's like getting alignment. Yeah, that card couldn't have been more exactly the answer. Yeah, authenticity is about rising above the voices that are telling you you're something you're not. Wow, that's deep. That's so deep. Yeah, I. You know what? Too, when you, we talked about prayer, spirit team, just waiting for your permission. Just be like, spirit team, help me with this, or spirit team, come on, let's go, and they're right there. But if you act like they don't exist, then you're you're not giving them permission and they won't operate on your behalf the same way because it's always, always been about free will. Free will, yeah. And These dealers should come out rogue ways. That's a fact. I vouch for that. You'd have fun. Lindsay, my girl, rogue ways. She's a shit. So. Shoot, me, shoot me an email at thepeacedealer at gmail.com. I totally got you. That would be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that. She's Shout super cat. This is Gandalf, actually. Gandalf mm-hmm. the Grey. I don't even know how he got in. Right. I was about to say, like, that was very mystical. Um, And yeah, I I love what you said about spirit team, because that's been my biggest block, like just belief and faith and and knowing that these are real, like starting my path was it was I was so skeptical. Like it was really hard for me because so logical, like if it's not tangible, it's not real to me. And I've been learning to come out of that. But I think we're on the last round of questioning. Does that mean I'm supposed to ask you a question now? Shoot. Okay. Um, what other forms of creativity besides, I know that you've got your, uh, you've got rhyme scheme, which is freaking sweet. Thank you. I watched some of those videos this morning, actually super, especially into the uh, unsubstantiated claims video. I loved it. But other than that, what kind of creative jams do you like to get into 
for flow state or for fun. Maybe it's not something you do all the time, but it's something that you like and enjoy artistically. No, that's, that's something I want to actually open up more of because I haven't really gone back to that. And I want to devote more time to that. And make sure y'all peep them substantiated claims too, if you haven't checked it out. But other than that, um, I want to get more into songwriting. I want to actually get into agriculture because I think that's an undeveloped talent where I can just, I, I'm so, I don't really slow down and smell the roses. So I want to actually get a garden and just like learn to plant, learn how to maintain a farm. And like, uh, even if I start small and, and to, to learn how to fuse magic and intent with like growing plants and see how, you know, that strengthen things. Uh, I want to get more into to songwriting for other artists um, and maybe even like dance. I, it's something that I've always been a wallflower with, but I've learned that dance is like a language and prayer to the gods, to God, and to kind of just let my body flow. Um, and other than that, I also want to learn. I have a guitar. I just haven't practiced it at all. I don't know how to play shit. So I want to learn how to play instruments because I want to get heavy into my, in my 30s and 40s, I want to get heavy into production and, and playing instruments, producing for artists, and also um, book writing and creative writing. So, yeah. I'm like I mean, you. I want all the flavors. Let's do it all. This let's life. do it all. You know what I'm saying? Let's do it all. Why not? Uh, let's bring back the Renaissance, man. Like, 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 like a Jamie Foxx. I admire this dude so much. This dude does everything and he's great at everything. So let's bring that back. You know what I mean? Let's, 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 let's see what we can do. And my final question for you is you're, you're in a classroom full of five-year-olds. What's a red pill that you would give for them? Uh, that it's actually okay to do what's fun. Right. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe, you know what, the simplest red pill too could just be, I don't even like the red pill, blue pill thing. Not that I'm calling you out for saying that, but like, what if I like the idea of clear pills, because that means there's no pill, you're not taking a pharmaceutical, <laughs> not a purple pill, maybe a purple pill. I'm cool with that. But my thing is that you might want to tell them that adults aren't always right. That you should respect people that have legitimate authority over you, but it's okay to question. And anyone that's like, you can't question me, question them harder. <laughs> so right. I think that's so important. I think that's so, so very important to, 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 to give children, which you know what children do anyway. Right. But like just still pushing more of that desire to question your reality. You know what I mean? And with people's inner child, because that's something we can speak to right now. We may not be in front of a room of five-year-olds, but there's the inner five-year-old and everybody here. Right. A catchphrase that I came up with recently, it had to do with like the idea of obstacles and blockages in life. And uh, the obstacles card in the I Ching was specifically what I was thinking about. But what you've probably heard that like the door that you're most afraid to open is the one you should go towards or that the things that you're face, your fears, that whole vibe. And I kind of twisted that to say the obstacles are the course. Like if you're running a, a 200 meter dash with hurdles, you're supposed to run towards the hurdles. And it's a way of improving your relationship to your inner child because inner child will get bored. If you just keep yourself on the safe and easy track and you don't do the fun parkour moves of life. So the obstacles are the course. And your inner child loves obstacle courses. So that's like a really good thing to maybe tell everybody's 
right now to wake up their inner child, a good way to do that is to do things that are hard, right? The obstacles are the course. And then instead of it being like, oh shit, there's this blockage here, you can go, sweet, that's the signpost of where I could go to have huge gains instead of looking at it like some kind of terrible misfortune. There's really no misfortune. It's all like everything that happens is for enjoyment and enlightenment. It's, it's totally safe to look at life that way. Just rule out misfortune as a concept. Amen to that. And, and that'll be interesting to see how as leaders of the new school and the new generation and the new world, we, we instill these principles and, uh, you know, lead these younger children who are going to lead all of us moving soon and shortly. So that being said, bro, thank you so much. This is one of this is one of our better episodes. Uh, really, really amazing. Um, do you have any final words of advice for anyone walking the spiritual path? Final words of advice would be, I think I already gave a lot of my good gems from recently, but just to reiterate, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Try living your life that way and seeing what happens when you set that level of boundary, because your solar plexus is where your treasure's at. This is the will element of yourself is the yellow golden energy and it's probably the more important place to live from than even the heart not saying that you shouldn't feel your heart but heart's very wobbly and has a lot of sadness and happiness and it's kind of on a wave solar plexus is i call it your treasure chest it's where uh, it's the whole control point for where keeping and holding on to your own light and your inner light and becoming a lantern that's where it comes from so the more that you treat life like if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no, the more of your own self-light will shine because you'll be containing more of it by not sacrificing yourself for to do things you didn't want to do in the first place. And the more of your own inner light you shine like a lantern onto the world, the more the re- reality will restructure itself based on your highest intention and your ace of wands and your original purpose for existing. So... It's safe to it's safe to live that way. Try it out, see what happens, and you might never want to go back. And it doesn't mean that you're not a good person or there for people. You'll want to be there for people because you'll have the juice for it. But you'll be there as a presence that shines light rather than as a food source for parasites. Amen to that. And to answer Jason Rose, uh, you are Leo Rising Libra Moon, Aries Sun. Amen. So Thank you so much once again for uh, (laughs) this man is fire by blood. Thank you once again for joining us. I look forward to collaborating with you again and and more often. We'll definitely invite you back to the channel for sure. Same to you. If you haven't checked out our interview on his channel, make sure you do on his podcast. It was a banger. We got two dope hours. And other than that, uh, that's the advice. You got the juice. Other than that, y'all stay blessed as always. For those of you who are YouTube members, I'm going to do the water monthly uh, peace report right now. And then I'm going to do the invocation ceremony after. So make sure you join us if you're Infinity Club or God Squad. And with that being said, y'all stay blessed as always. And until next time, peace. Thanks, everybody. And make sure you you hit up the links below to subscribe to his channel as well. Check out the colon class. Peace out.